the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome to, oh man, you know, no, no time like being out of practice when you're about to be out of practice for a month, maybe. Hi everybody, welcome to the USL show, great intro Evan, thanks. Uh, I'm your host, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, Evan Valala, joined by a couple of my soccer friends. First and foremost, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, the man that pulls all the strings behind the scenes. It's Phil Grooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I should say some people know him as Phil Groom, big soccer journalist. But yeah, 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 yeah. But just when your career seems to be taking off, sir, the unexpected happens and Carlos Cordero resigns. He really is inconsiderate. Yep. <laughs> and the success of of Cameron Lancaster as Louisville City returnee and prodigal son, but now, who knows? Cal Martino for president. Mm, no, thank you. Uh, that voice you heard, one half of the USL Stats Department, someone who might have an inside drop on who's going to be the next U.S. Soccer Federation president? Who knows? It's Ryan Allen. Hello, I am actually living up to my Twitter username by living in Wilmington right now. Hey, good man. Had Fine. to go back for the virus. Yes. Yeah, Wilmington. He did. He's ruining my career as well as his. <laughs> Still I think. Mad about yeah. Uh, I put all my eggs in us, one you, basket, you and it was the success or, of Cordero as USSF president. From the was that a good bet or no? Arguably more successful, uh, <laughs> more connected, uh, better. League One fun. We only try and copy you guys, Evan. Don't you know that? Like, like you know, our, our whole gig is to say, take but, but the I USL mean, show, take the best things out of yeah. the USL show, make them just a little bit worse, and then do our own thing just a little bit better than we think we can. So that that's that's our job. And believe me, we have Jason has the spicy takes, and I apparently have the terrible takes. So I have gotten you so are much the stick. You are the half and half of Silver the Lake, spicy North Carolina, takes. Something everyone, to kind of mellow count. out the spice. <laughs> 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 he does. He does. Uh, it's Iron Jersey, sir. It's a. It's always a pleasure. Hey, great to be back on the show, guys. So, uh, are we ever going to play soccer again? I hope we will. Well, soccer is canceled. We like the four of us. I don't know. <laughs> Here's hoping. You you probably have a better shot than Phil Ryan or I do. But uh, as a as a nation, as a as a sport, will football ever exist again? You know, maybe. I don't know. In the span of a day, we lost MLS, USL, USL League One, NISA. Yeah. Premier League's going to cancel in the morning if they haven't already decided to do that tonight. La Liga's gone on delay. Bundesliga's already he on delay. Serie is playing down. behind closed doors and will likely go on delay. Santa Ligoon. No, that was a no from Ryan. Yeah. Uh... The but the good news is, Ira, you're uh, you're actually like 
actually kind of qualified to talk about what this sort of means for soccer. Well, I don't know for soccer. So uh, just so everyone knows, I'm an economist by training, but I've been uh, a fixed income. So that's like a bond strategist for, on Wall Street for about um, 25 years uh, or going on 25 years. And, um, you know, so the I've obviously been quite busy in my day job recently. I am the chief U.S. interest rate strategist for um, for Bloomberg Intelligence, which is the research arm of Bloomberg, um, you know the mayor will be back because he's no longer running for president. Mm-hmm. But um, you know our our it's job is to kind of determine what direction the market might take, you know, based on incoming data. And one of the extensions of that is how the economy is going to react to this what we call exogenous or outside shock from um, from the coronavirus um, and. You know, maybe I'll go on a little bit of a rant here and tell you how I'm thinking about this. This is not like the 1991 recession or the 2001 dot-com burst or even the 2008 financial crisis because all of those things were they, they were kind of general economic malaises or they had some kind of finance component at the root cause of them um, at, at some level, whether it was too many, too much debt held by companies, or too much debt held by um, um, held by the household sector, or um, you know, basically savings and loans going bankrupt in Texas. Um, none of those things are at the root cause of this, right? This is more like um, a country or a world going to war, and that that war is in, of a global nature. It's disrupting supply chains, it's disrupting people's lives, it's causing people to bunker, right? So Ryan, you're you're at home, right? You're not at school? Correct, I'm at home. Okay, so what types of activities, Ryan, are you not doing because you're at home instead of school? You're not eating at the school cafeteria, you're not participating in any extracurricular activities at, around school, like going to local restaurants or bars or pubs or anything like that. Um, these are the real-world implications of um, of what's going on here. And to extend that to the soccer world and the sports world in general, that means, firstly, um, hourly employees or people who rely on their, you know, just even if it's not their full-time job, but they rely on that four or five hours that they're at a game to work at the concession stand, that could be a meaningful part of some people's incomes. So those people are seriously affected potentially by the, um, by the shutdown. Any hourly employees, any, you know, maybe not the groundkeeper staff, but, but anyone who's peripherally around the soccer club. Um, it, it affects the owners. Now the owners are going to say boo-hoo. The owners are rich, wealthy guys. But let's imagine a situation like USL League One. Like I happen to know um, the budget of one of the clubs. And let's say that their budget is $3 million. But they're going to lose a million dollars of revenue because of what's going on in League One. Most of these owners are not, they're not billionaires, right? So a million dollars to them is, is, even though it's like not going to make them go bankrupt maybe, it's a lot of money to them. Like it, it's like you taking, you know, ten percent of whatever you have and throwing it away, maybe, and that's a lot, right? That's going to make people fear, um, you know, what could happen in the future. Now, hopefully, you know, most of them will recoup that, at the, hopefully, down the road. But but the fear is right now is that what if you don't? Um, you know, you wind up needing to. Um, kind of cover yourself as an insurance policy. I think for players and, and those people under contract, they'll be okay too. But, but let's think about a lot of players, certainly in USL League One, they're, um, 
they're going to end up probably you know losing a lot of their income because a lot of them like coach on the side like they don't make a lot of money they only you know they don't really necessarily make a living wage so because of that um, you know they're going to have a hard time trying to, uh, you know, if this is prolonged for more than a couple of weeks or a month, um, they, you know they might have issues paying rent and stuff like that. So, um, so it has real world implications, and the longer it goes on, the worse it is. So the you know the hope is that this 30 day moratorium that USL has come out is like enough to, you know. <coughs> Get us over the hump of the worst of the of the virus fears, but at the same time, uh, not you know have to sh make people stretch too hard financially. And and um, you know, but if it goes on further or there's another crisis like this in the future, I think there's um, you know people have to plan for it. I think is is kind of the point that we need to think about here. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, so so even one of the with a thirty with only a, a twenty eight game schedule, for example, for League One. Yeah, it's pretty one rough of the on is, is that people the, like the USL, right? Um, Isn't that kind of you know, if you were to shorten that schedule reason, to say like, twenty four games? I talked to a lot of people you know, the day so of the afternoon of lose two um, home the first when postponement you have, and the first uh, closed game, game with San Diego and Tacoma. And a lot of guys were saying we're going to kind of wait and see what happens. Everyone was afraid to say anything. But one of the things I did actually hear was listen, we're going to postpone as much as we can. We want to play every single game because that's everyone's income. To, to you know, bring it around to the USL games. specifically. Like, you're probably this is going to hurt clubs if they so can't from, play these from games. From a team right? side, it means that you know teams like the Richmond Kickers, who are trying to redo City Stadium and trying to make upgrades to increase the fan experience, um, you know, it just makes it a little tiny bit harder for them to do that, or even maybe even a lot harder for them, quite frankly, to do those types of upgrades um, that they wanted to do. Because now, instead of spending that money on you know fixing up uh, some of the stands or uh, um, you, you know, fixing up some bathrooms or, or the um, the locker room for the players, um, they won't be able to do that because they'll need to that money just to pay the players, right? So there's a variety of, of knock-on effects that this has for USL. Now, for the USL, um, you know, headquarters, I, I'm not sure what the overall impact there would be, but um, you know, but presumably uh, for them, they if if they you know, if they're nice to people, um, you know, they'll figure out some type of thing where maybe a portion of the uh, league fee that all the teams have to pay the league for the administrative costs that the league incurs, um, you know, maybe they'll cut that down by, uh, you know, probably not by a ton, but by 5% or 10% to make it a little bit easier on the clubs themselves so the clubs can continue to make payments to their staff. Um, that they can, because you don't want to start laying people off either, right? Like you don't want to lay lay off the people in the ticket office or something like that, just because you know this, it, people might have a virus. And and it's hard, you know. This is one one of those things where 
in my my line of work, I can work from home. I can work virtually. I can you know do calls like we're doing right now. But you can't do that as a soccer team, right? You have you know you have 25, 30 players as well as support staff. You know, so you have 35 or 40 people who every day need to get together. One of them gets coronavirus, and everyone else suddenly is at risk. And um, so that's one of the reasons I think for this suspension. And um, you know, it's it's a real it's a real conundrum, and I think it can really um, can really hurt things. Phil, Phil, you're right. Are you catching? You're catching up on on uh, on, on non-listened episodes. <laughs> so, um, so, so I have a question for you guys. So, so, yeah, yeah. what do you guys think is going to be the kind of the end game? So, we're going to come back. Hope, hopefully, in a month. Hopefully, this all kind of goes away. Um, do you think that they're going to try and compress the schedule to play the full schedule of games and just have more weekday games? Um, because there's a cost to that too, right? Like they're not sure. necessarily going to fill the stadiums uh, as well on a weekday as on a weekend. Or do you think that they'll just lop a game or two off and still try and have uh, have more weekend games? Um, oh, that's rough. So. The teams that it's not really going to matter for are the ones that are owned by MLS teams, right? Like the MLS two teams will survive because they're propped up by the mothership. Well, and I don't think like if we're back in thirty days, no one's going out of business. Like that's not. The concern is that we're not back in thirty days because well, there are other nations who are going to suffer. And like for instance, the United Kingdom is predicting that they're going to hit the. Uh, brunt load of this force in May and that's not back in 30 days right yeah I, I mean if we're back in 30 days I I think you kill off a gamer like you scrap the rest of March and you just go from there and you have a shortened season because you know I mean at least every, for the- every every league in the states has done that at some point due to a lockout or, or something like that. At least so. for the Eastern Conference they don't play a balanced schedule so it doesn't impact on the field stuff, but this is completely off the field and out of their control. It is. And, and you know, one thing St. Louis there I mean I think they'll get creative. You know, I think they'll do everything they can to kind of make this happen and a lot of it is for the money reasons that Ira was talking about a minute ago, but um, St. Louis FC has already announced that they're not going to take part in the Open Cup. I don't know if any other clubs have said that, but they're actually, the, um, the league announced that they're not going to participate. Oh, so got it. the the okay. all of USL, at least the professional teams. Now, I don't know if USL League Two teams are necessarily going to going to say that, but um, uh, but at least the professional teams have said that they're not going to. Uh, um, well, they can't. So, well, no, there's a number of USL two teams like Tormenta two, for example, was was supposed to participate in the US Open Cup as as well as a number of NPSL teams. Um, Yeah. So, I know I don't think Westchester United's doing anything. I don't think Philly Lone Star doing anything. As far as sorry, as far as they're not, uh, like they're not having practices or anything right now. No, now it sounds like we're just not having an Open Cup this season. And if we're already condensing the USL Championship and USL League One season immensely, there is not enough time for an Open Cup. So, Ryan, that's where I want to ask you, because I I assumed you'd jump right in with um, one of your pet peeves is not having a perfectly even schedule home and away. This really messes it up, and it really it may there may be no way to do it fairly, right? With home and away, how does that how does that 
strike you? I mean, to start, the Eastern Conference already did not have a fair Eastern Conference balance because they're playing an unbalanced schedule this year. But when you have external situations like this, I'd rather have soccer being played than not having soccer being played. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to have to look at the season with an asterisk next week. It just going forward that there are some teams that they're just not going to play every single game or there's not going to be every team playing every other team. I would be thrilled if we just had a season here, but as of right now, I'm just not sure that we would have as much of a season left to play. Yeah, another one I saw today um, that I I didn't think about except peripherally, but Mike Watts put a tweet out there talking about all the broadcasters and all the people who are um, basically hired guns, you know, freelance guys, writers, like anyone that get paid, like basically per DM, per thing that they do um, that has to do with sports in the entire country, in the entire world. Those guys are out of the job right now. And if someone gets sick, more costs, like... I know this this is happening all over the world in a lot of different ways, but you know we're close to these guys and, and we respect guys like Mike Watts, and so that's another one. That's another peripheral issue as far as the economics are concerned, right, Ira? Hmm. Yeah, I wonder where those broadcasters fall. I guess they have to do a lot of work, kind of like the the top guys like Watts and Kerr. That's interesting. I didn't even think about unemployment. Thank goodness it's there for some of these guys, but a lot of guys are going to fall. Well, and I mean, even like some of the dude, like uh, um, Dave Leto, who does the the union play by play, also does uh, the National Lacrosse League, Mm -hmm. like box lacrosse for New York. So it's like even people that are at the higher level than USL have, you know, two jobs because when you do. Like Ira said, like when you do soccer games, and that's like where you get most of your money. Like that's only gonna be what seven hours a week if you're like really up for it. I'm trying to calculate. Well, and that's if you do a couple of games. Yeah, that's right. If you, you know what I mean? Like that's a whole weekend and... for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's literally only so many games, literally only so many spots. But like they're not, you know, it's it's not even like freelance writing at that point where it's like if you really wanted to do it, you could put your head down and bang out like 30 articles in a, in a week or whatever. Like, hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, and I and I hate like doing this. And essentially, we're all kind of sitting here taking the like, oh, my sports like, you know, route when there's there's a lot at stake here, potentially. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's tough because, and you know, it's, it's weird because we know those guys and like, I don't even know, like our USL team is planning to pay their players when they're not playing. Like, I don't really even know what the deal is with that. I hope so. Well, well, there are some players I know in USL league one who basically don't, uh, you know, a lot of their potential income comes from appearance fees. So they have to, if if they go in, they get paid an extra, you know, 200 bucks or 300 bucks, you know, and if, you know, that might be, you know, certainly your food money, maybe for a week or, you know, you know, uh, maybe (coughs) a large portion of your rent. So, um, you know, I think that, that them not playing, you know, just, it has a lot of other knock-on effects, right? Because you know, when when you just think about the way that money velocity works, get a little bit into an economic lesson here. But 
if an owner is not it doesn't get in revenue so they can't play pay an employee let's say a player right that player now um you know is going to tighten their belt and not again not do some of these things that then pay other people who ultimately might actually be customers and come to the matches right so mm-hmm. so it, you know a lot of this money could be very circular when you think about like where a dollar is spent you know have you guys ever you you guys have probably seen at some point like you, you get a dollar bill or a five dollar bill and it has a a stamp on it that says you know type in this website yes. and and put in this dollars number yeah um you know some of those things are real a few of them are probably fake and you know they want you to get to buy something but um but some of them are real and it's fascinating to see how every once in a while a dollar will circulate within say the same community four or five times before Mm -hmm. it leaves that community and um it's uh um you know, so it's important, and and these clubs are important pieces of that community because if you, even if you think about a small club like like a Greenville Triumph, you know they might have with the players they might have fifty people working for them. So that's a right. that's not a tiny small business, right? That's you know twenty five players, you know five fullish time probably uh, um, you know coaching and and support staff for the for the soccer side. Plus you have half a dozen at least front office people. So you know right there you have forty ish people not including the game day staff so um so, so you're talking about a small business that's that's non-trivial and a non-trivial part of all these communities um and and real lives are being impacted by this you know but at the same time like like you know, if we weren't doing this and we tried to play games and then suddenly, you know, everyone in some fan base wound up getting the coronavirus, that's bad too, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So so we're kind of picking the, the you know, the, uh, the um, kind of two bad situations and, and picking the one that obviously, you know, the CDC and, and the government wants us to take and that's, that's use an abundance of caution. Um, the uh, you, you know what, what do you guys think about when we do come back? So if we're suspending play for thirty days, do you think that the league lets teams you know start training again like a week before that if it seems yeah, like I things mean, are so getting better? Or no one's. I mean, I guess guys can work out or whatever, but like teams aren't doing anything, right? Like we're we're done. Yeah, I think if the higher ups are not doing anything, for instance, the NBA has band group uh, training so if any of the higher up leagues are not doing anything you can almost guarantee USL is not doing that Right, right, right. Yeah, so those, yeah. Fir- those first those first couple of matches could look like preseason matches at the end yeah. of the day you know, they could Easily. be pretty ugly Not to mention the worry about if guys aren't training on their own hard enough if they you know, let them fall fall down and then ramp back up real quick. Injuries. I mean, we're gonna see some bad stuff this year if we yeah. do something like that. Well, uh, and then it's like, how much do guys? Well, I, I guess we'll find out. How much do guys fall off after a month or a month and a half when they were match fit? It's if we return in a month. It's like every Quite team a got a game in. So like every well, yeah, every team got a game in except for like Pittsburgh. So everyone's like close to at least you know early season match fit yeah we were supposed to i mean remember we were in usl league one we were still two weeks away from starting so for us we were like you know toward the kind of in the third trimester of preseason you know yeah Yeah, who knows but yeah uh, do you let them i think it really depends on on how this thing kind of moves if it's like if if things start to die down and we don't see too many more cases within 20 
one days or so, or maybe it's market dependent. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's tricky. I mean, I guess you just kind of honor system. Like you're not going to do a thing where you have like everyone's got to check in online and do an hour of workout and whatever, yeah. like, film it. But like honor system, kind of like when you leave for the off season, where it's like, hey, don't gain twenty pounds, or else we're going to kick your ass in training. Yeah, <laughs> there's always that one guy on the team that doesn't listen, uh-huh. right? And it's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's all very interesting because um, what's John Howard Fusco logged in online and, and he was like, this is all new territory for everyone. And that's, that's why mm-hmm. I love this conversation. We're just kind of stumbling on like all the many, many facets. And there's probably 10 or 100 times what we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, well, when what you, when, if, what when if you Ford think Madison's it, Awakens get held up at the border or something? honestly this is when you think about what's going on in when you think about what's going on in europe you know the last time you had you know syria suspended or the premier league you know it's probably going to be suspended um but when any of these leagues were suspended the last time was during world war ii right so Mm -hmm. you know that's why when i say this we're like on a wartime footing that is what this is very much like both from an economic perspective i think Mm. in some ways from a psychological perspective you know if we're all cooped up and bunkered in our houses you know that like the good thing is now compared to say world war ii is that we can all you know have these podcasts and do these podcasts without like risking ourselves um you know in 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 limb but they're they're also um uh they're also much different in terms of, uh, you know, the, the fact that we could actually buy food, right? Like, like the best job right now is probably being a delivery person because you can, you know, you buy yourself all day. You're in your truck that hopefully you've sanitized, and you just drop stuff off of, in front of people's houses or at their front door, and you leave, right? You don't have to, you know, you actually probably have the least risk of anyone who has to leave their house for their um, for their job. <laughs> so. If I can put out a PSA. Uh, Y'all should sanitize your wallets. Sanitize your phones. That's a a good call. Phones and wallets. Wallets more so than phones. Phones, I feel like people think about. Wallets, how many people have touched your debit card? Oh, man, I let a a homeless guy use my phone today. (laughs) (laughs) I really did. Uh, (laughs) Yikes. Time to cut up all my debit cards. Yeah, I mean, you know, give them a wipe down. It'll be fine. I, I work. I, again... I, people know, but more so, so with. Th- all day. I see some. I see some fucking yeah. crazy things. Bet you but do. more so with just sports and economics in general, this is going to be a very interesting time just for sociology of determining of how oh, oh, people interact with one another because we're going to go to a time of social distancing is going to be the norm that you're going to avoid people mm-hmm. and you're going to hole up in your houses for as long as you can. Well, it ends up, uh, you know, that, but, you know, it, one of the points that I've been making, you know, this this week too, and you know, I got some shtick from our equity strategist about this today, but I, I think I think I'm right. Like, if you think about the businesses that did well during World War II, right? They were they were the businesses that directly supported the war effort, and they wound up getting mostly government contracts. But in this situation, it's businesses that support kind of the. Um, the culture, Ryan, like you're talking about, like being able to have the chat that we're having right now online, being able to see each other, you know, if Ryan turned on his camera. But um, for the rest of us, we can see each other. And the, you know, that, that's something that, that you, you know, is 
you know, can be helpful for inter for integration. Like I work remotely uh, a fair bit, and everyone I work with is in New York, and I'm in Princeton, New Jersey. Right. And you know, one of the one of the great things. <laughs> um, one of the great things about you know having uh, the, you know video chats like this is that there's the ability to um, there, there is the ability to see each other to actually interact and see people's faces and you know know that you know if someone's confused by something you said for example that happened to me the other day I mean it happens to me regularly actually but um, but but you know you could see their facial expressions and and that's helpful um, so I wonder if you know. In the soccer community, like one of the things I would say, like you know, and, and maybe this is something that we could do at, at BGN is try and have, you know, you know, hangouts. Basically, you know, maybe we could all go on Google Hangouts and just tell everyone, hey, at three at lunchtime today, we're all going to go in a hangout and just you know talk about right. you know the latest signing or you know maybe something that ha that's going on in your top in the five John Wolnia so. prospects or something. Yeah, whatever. Or <laughs> not just exactly. that. Just uh, or, or, or my or my take that New England Revolution two is going to make the playoffs and North Texas SC won't. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know that that I've been getting. That's what people people have been saying. That that's. I'm a sorry, you said take, earlier that Jason but, has the spicy takes. <laughs> <laughs> or well, J Jason said that that wasn't a spicy take. That was just a dumb take. So. Oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> or not just that. It's important now that we have technology that we can at least connect with one another online. I know now with social media, Twitter specifically in lower division soccer, that we can all. Well, share information and connect with one another but last time we had like a pandemic like experience like this there was no social media and it's important that we still all stay connected to one another so the MLS Aces podcast just asked something uh, really interesting in our um, in our chat here and that's he wonders if uh, you know what? Uh, based on on the field, how much more important is depth uh, because of this? Um, because of the situation? Because like you know, Evan yep. or Phil, one of you guys mentioned about you know potential injuries and stuff right. because people aren't necessarily training all, all the time or in yep. in the right way. You know, um, you know how important uh, do you think that will be? Or or well, will the compressed schedule maybe mean you know people? you know it's less important well if if we compress the schedule and everyone comes back i'd hate to be the team that wins the championship because everyone else would give out to you for it because it was a short season but see liverpool in the english premier league this year well and like i don't think well i mean the better example is like the uh what was it the uh, carolina hurricanes in like 2005 whenever they won the cup right you know um where it's like, you know, I, I don't think people cared too much that we're from that area, but everybody else was like, eh, you only had to play, you know, 52 games or whatever it was. The Expos um, got screwed out of 1994. Oh, I love yeah. you, Ryan. That's a good one. I, I miss the Montreal Expos. Um, yeah, depth will be huge. I mean, well, and, and like, uh, is, the, is the U.S. soccer who, you know, are going through a little bit right now, so who knows? Um, are they going to allow teams to like sign players within the country? Like, is there like an emergency transfer window thing that's going to happen? Like, what is the well, the, the the major league soccer transfer window doesn't close until May, and right. I know USL League One their transfer window doesn't close until early September. So right. th they have plenty of time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, presume presumably the championship is something similar, like I September. Yes. 
Well, MLS has like a window until May, and then they have another window that opens in July. So they right. really only have May and June that they don't have a window, which is kind of pointless, I think. That's but fair. Whatever yeah, you know. is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, depth will be huge. Uh, you know, I mean, Phoenix is always really deep. Louisville is always really deep. Like, the teams that, I don't know, didn't need help fielding two teams might be better off for it because they can field two teams now. I mean, Phil, I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. Uh, no, I mean, right? I think about a lot of different things. It's just like there's so many variables, and I think guys will go. My big thing, I'm, I'm thinking of, if I were as an owner, I don't think I'd go all out to go sign more depth. I'd be like, this is a lost year, and whatever happens, happens. I'm not gonna go like sign an extra guy or two just to make sure I do okay in a year that is such a weird like year where I could lose guys at any moment. It's just not worth the money. It's like just roll with what you have and see what happens. And as a fan, like we're gonna be understanding of that, right? Like we're gonna be like, well, we right. we did the best with what we were given, and I'm proud of the guys for for making an effort. I'm proud of the club for doing what they did. Um, I assume that's how everyone's gonna be, especially now that we're losing the game. Like, if we get any soccer this year, I think everyone's gonna be happy. You know, if it's ten games, if it's twenty games, like, um, this is only gonna get worse. And so, I, I, if we get any soccer this year, I'm gonna be so happy. Um, yeah, yeah, I and think, I imagine owners are seeing it the same way. Yeah, I think people at this state will be understanding of everything that if we get any soccer at all, well, we'll just be thrilled. And whatever happens this year, just it happens. If you win the cup this year, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. We'll be back in 2021 or so. Yeah. You could even view this year as like maybe it's a good year to play the kids. That would be a fun way to go about it, right? Like everybody, MLS two side, right? Exactly. I want to see your best academy kids. <laughs> let's just make USL championship a U twenty three league and see. Let's give everyone what they want. Let's give everyone a U twenty three league and see what happens. I know we're already looking at uh, Premier League being voided this year. So, oh, if uh, you want to look at it that way, just just so Liverpool doesn't win the title. Yes. Yes. Voided. <laughs> Just think, in 30 years, they've been waiting for that, and we're just going to avoid it. (laughs) They've already had reports in England that uh, a few Premier League clubs want to avoid the season, including one uh, London side, and I wonder who that could be, I say, as a Tottenham fan. Everton. Would I be be the first person to make, like, a Joseph Martinez statement about coronavirus? Like... What you tore your ACL? Well, like if you're gonna tear your ACL, like the year coronavirus hits us all, this is it. Yeah, he planned it. He's like league MVP for that move alone, right? I I don't know if he would feel the same way. No, nor should anyone feel that way. It's a terrible thing to say. He seems like a very delightful person. He'd be pretty open to a random guy like me coming up and asking him a question. I think. I don't know. He wears a mouth guard. (laughs) I'm like anyway. Uh, Terrible thing to say. Silly season. For the Should we let Ira gracefully go before we ruin this podcast? <laughs> Any last thoughts, Ira? You got a, you got plenty no, of. Things I just you hope, to I say hope everyone's. I just hope everyone's safe, and I hope we do get to play soccer this year. And uh, 
um, you know, Jason and I are, uh, you know, we'll be tuning in here. I, I don't, I love what you guys do because especially doing USL League One, I can't do much more than watch one championship game a weekend. Yeah. So um, I'm so excited when I hear you guys talking about the league and, and what's going on so I can keep up with it. So thanks very much. And, uh, um, you know, hope you guys listen in on League One Fun because, you know, some of these teams, we're going to have Pro Row one day. And when we do, uh, you guys have to know the teams that are coming up. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. And when that uh, league uh, interleague cup happens, we got to know some of those guys, too. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe Jake Edwards and everyone else will have some time to plan that now over the next thirty days because yeah, they were at one point they were talking about doing it next year, right? So take a yeah, break and so. come back with ProRel. Just go on it, go all in on it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, well, thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Cheers, I appreciate it. Ira of League One Fun, listen what to that guy. if you haven't. Yeah, that's it's a much better podcast than this one. <laughs> it is. It is. It's almost like they watched us fumble around for a couple of years, and yep. we're like, for about well, a we year, know what not to do now." And then they up Jason, who's like really good at Twitter and this and whatever. Big reporter man, Jason. Big reporter guy. He like knows people, and they like leak information to him, which would have been <laughs> cool if we thought to do that the first year. Jason, the man you could never surprise with soccer news. You just can't do it. <laughs> you can't. We've tried. It's impossible. I mean. Anyway. I guess we recap uh, week one of the USL Championship season because it might be the last one for a while. Yeah. Uh, should we take our time on it? Should we split it up like four weeks of week one review? I think we should really <laughs> slow down. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, Philadelphia Union 2 drew Loudoun United nil nil. Let's hear it. Did you watch uh, it? Were you there? I I was not there. I was working. I did I did catch it on the after. Uh, guys, Zach Sandy and uh, and Israel are fun to watch. These are new guys, right? I haven't heard these names. No, before. these are the academy kids that stuck that they signed to two deals and then are are probably going to try to bring them up to the first team next year. Mm-hmm. Not Cole Turner and Jack DeVries, but. Uh, yeah, Issa and, and Zach combined for maybe the sharpest passing combination of the week in USL, and unfortunately the ball got squared back to Benefimu, who was a center back, and didn't finish. Hmm. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Not great. He worked his way forward, though. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he was up there. Uh, I, I, Guys, how do we want to break this down, right? Let's do it. I want to hear it. All we right. got time. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I'll just start with the first match that I see here, and it is, bang, for loads. There we go. Uh, oh yeah, Louisville won nothing over North Carolina. Um, I watched a lot of that. It, it was one of the. Wasn't that the first? Yeah, that was the first. Uh, one of the, yeah, it was the two first, first, first day games. It, it, the first day happened, and the whole. After that day happened, I was like, man, I hope every game is not this cautious. Didn't that game feel Mm. cautious to you? Like both teams just didn't want to lose? Might have just been me, but it wasn't exciting. No, I mean, there's a feeling out process the first month of the season or so. Yeah. Which we'll probably get again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So. But hey, no, it's, I mean, it's a really scrappy goal. It's a very opportunistic goal by Cam Lancaster. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the shot, the first shot gets deflected, and then he kind of finds it. And, well, you know, from that close, it's it's automatic for him still. You look at the stats, and they're, um, you know, Louisville was a lot more effective as far as stats are concerned. But North Carolina is not always like they're not looking to win the stat sheet, so I don't really know if that even means a lot with this matchup. Um, in a lot of ways, I would have guessed that this is the way it went down that Louisville scraps a goal, they won the stat sheet, but you know, North Carolina could have easily surprised us there. Um, but again, it was just I really felt like a lot of it was very cautious that no one wanted to mess up. It was a very defensive game, uh, well, defensively safe game, I should say. So, yeah. Fun, though. I mean, what a great matchup for day one, uh, not compared to the other day one matchup. Which actually was a more exciting game. I shouldn't say that. Uh, Tampa Bay did the job against Red Bull, too. One nothing there as well. Um, Evan Loro in his return. Well, seeing his new side shuts him out, which, not surprised. Not surprised. That's what Tampa was good at last year. Defense. Mm -hmm. Yep. Leo Fernandez. Still there. Still good. One of the... Love to see it. Top two wingbacks in the in the league? That's pretty Wait, easy to say, right? Back. He's a wingback, isn't he? Is he? Did they he, turn him into a wingback? No, I think he was. I mm. mean, wingback, he's very attacking, but... I always I, consider him in. Uh, I, I need to prove you wrong. Okay, do it. Yep. I consider him and Iose playing pretty much the same role for their teams. Oh, I I do not. Okay. Uh, although I'm biased because Leo was in Philly for a year. So it's because I look at lineup oh, sheets did. a lot. Right. Lineup sheets name him as a left wing back. Let me look at Indy. What no, he is. They, yeah, that's where they had him lined up. So. Okay. Okay. I know he wasn't for his first couple of years, but I guess that makes sense. Why am I not seeing a Jose? Did he not start for Indy? Holy cow. Man's getting up there in years now. Oh my goodness. I'm you not know, seeing him not at all. He's not chicken anymore. I think he's injured. He must be injured. We got to talk about that at some point. Sorry, Brian, if you hear this. Hi, Brian. Injury sounds familiar, to be honest, but still weird. That's a big deal if that's the case. I don't want to DM Trey this late. I have, I have an inkling about uh, Red Bull 2 that pretty much everyone okay. disagrees with me on. I'm not going to say what it is now, but I have okay. an inkling about Red Bull 2. I mean, that's Bull a weird 2. thing to lead up to and then just not do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did it on purpose. Okay, great. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, wait, what? No, he totally played. Am I wrong? I'm really sorry I think if you're, I'm wrong. I, I think you're incredibly wrong. Hold on. Ryan, are you, Ryan, you're here, Phil. Yes, I'm still here. Great. Talk about anything while I find this. <laughs> Uh, I will say per uh, yeah. betting odds for Bet365, which is my okay. go-to source for betting odds because that's the only one that's currently available in the United States that I currently trust, not Bet Vovada, 
anywhere, but Tampa Bay Rowdies is the one that would return you the most amount of money if you bet a dollar on them because they return two seventy five. I'm going to be tracking USO betting odds throughout the season as long as there's a season to be had. Uh, yeah, thank you. That worked out. Phil, I use a goal forty five plus three yellow card eighty eight. I know what the problem is, and okay. it is such a rookie mistake. We all know him as Iose, but you yeah. know what his, his real name is? Iose Perez. Iose Garcia Perez. So. Oh, so you're looking for Perez? I'm, it's what we need. A. Garcia is what he's listed on here, but his last name oh, is gross. actually Perez. Oh. So, my mistake. He played on the right side, it looks like, but that's Google. They're probably wrong. Moving on. He played. He scored a goal. So, still dominant. Still great. That was a hell of a match, by the way. Speaking of, bearing the lead. Indy 11 comeback 4-2 to two win oh, over... my god! Hey, Tim Howard wants to play still. <laughs> Memphis 901 FC. Oh, my... So we have some things to say. Uh, <coughs> first of all, Indy fans yeah. freaking out in the first half about how terrible yeah. Indy looks. And... And legit, like they looked a little bad, but they made they were made to look worse because Memphis had some scrappy goals. I don't think they were like incredible goals, uh, well deserved at the same time. But you know, it was two zero at the half, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, um, Indy fans were freaking out, but more than made up for it in the end, as you were saying. So, yeah, Tim Howard stands still. There's one more thing to talk goal. about as far as say again. Sorry, Tim Howard stands still in goal. Yeah, so I think he had the lowest player rating in the game. In the game, yes, but if uh, USL keepers, because this is what uh, Ben Geshwin or Soccer Goose checked, the RGV keeper got a lower rating on FootMob than Tim Howard. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's it? That's the only he one? He also has now disrespected a, a United States Olympian. What did he do? He had Matt Freeze as giving up three goals, and he can clearly convinced can confused him with somebody else. Oh no! Yeah, Matt Freeze called uh, up to the Olympic team. Yeah, yeah, big deal. You're filling up a Union two starting goalkeeper and a a very lovely person and someone that very much confirmed to me in person that uh, when he announced that he was going to Harvard, the Union were like, "Cool, we're not going to play you." Uh, Which you know, fair. I guess yeah, they want him straight in, huh? Nah. Well, he deserves respect. I think that's a, a player we should be watching a little closer. And he's back. Like he's pressed. the third string for the first team, so that's good. Um, and he's twenty-one, and he went to Harvard. All of these things that I have not done, or nor will I do, and he has done many of them. Um, Tyler Pasha looked incredible in this game as well. Yep. Um, and I want to say Allen continues his, he'll be really good right? for the first month and then disappear. Yeah. We'll see about that. Street. Wouldn't be at all surprised. It's these kind of teams that kind of lo- go looking for him. It seems like, um, so yeah. it, that doesn't help either. But, um, the other one I wanted to say is that Andrew Carlton went in like heavy on a challenge. That's something I like. Like I really liked his challenge. I don't mind though, it. it. Even though it was a little dirty, um, but the Memphis player got up and got real pissed at him. And you know what Carlton yeah. did? He walked away laughing about it. And he didn't, like, get up in his face. He just, like, got up, walked away laughing. And I, yeah. I thought that was the proper response. So, let's you know, fingers crossed, Indy's rubbing off on him a little bit. This is a good move. 
Phil? I strongly think so. Uh, Carlton definitely needs to calm down and, and just, I think, being away from Lenny United and the carrot of MLS will do him some good to kind of refocus <coughs> his efforts on getting back to that carrot. Hope so. That's ideal. Rooting for the kid, for sure. St. Louis FC 4. The Miami FC uh, 1. Miami's not as good. Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Can okay. Cut me off if I go too long. Nope, you have the floor. <laughs> um, Miami came in. Uh, they were not ready for the speed of play, um, okay. which is fine. We all suspected this would happen. Um, and we're all in St. Louis after this game. So it was 4-1. to one. St. Louis kind of destroyed Miami. Um, a lot of it was that they came out hot in the beginning, and then their subs kind of took them out in the end as well. And then yeah. the middle was pretty tough. Um, but Miami came in. I don't think they were ready for the, the speed of play. I'm not sure they were ready defensively either. Mm. Um, mm. And it was an interesting... Excuse me. It's an interesting matchup because I do think Miami's trying to play pretty. I think they're trying to play possession soccer. They didn't go direct hardly at all. And I would say the times they were most effective against St. Louis is when they were direct. And I do want to just say one thing about this is that St. Louis is is a bad matchup for them in general. And I think them going up against St. Louis in the first week was really tough for them. Like, really tough. Like, St. Louis is going to be really compact. We're going to be direct. We're going to counterattack. We're going to press high and force you to have your your stuff together in week one as far as playing out of the back. And they just weren't there. All those things combined, like, Miami was not ready for all of that. And St. Louis just really was the the perfect antithesis to what they were prepared for in week one. So, um, you know, talking to a lot of friends around the USL, I think Miami has the personnel to be something special and something great. It's just yeah. now that they're kind of they know what the speed of play is, give them about five weeks to catch up to that and then give them another, let's say, 10 weeks to um, figure out how to play possession soccer in the USL. And I think they could be something really special, if not this year, next year, you know, assuming we play a season this year, of course. But, um, you know, it was just a bad matchup for them this week. The last thing I will say is that they came out in the second half just pinging balls, one touch and go. And you could tell that they knew what they needed to improve on. And they played really fast for a little while. And St. Louis was scuttling for a little bit. And then they kind of caught up. Um, So, anyway... I, I really do think that that's, that's all it is, and Miami will be good later. But right now, they're not ready, and they'll need a few weeks to catch up. And to quote Ferris Bueller, life comes at you pretty fast, Miami. <laughs> well done. Um, one, first goal for St. Louis is some of the worst defense to goalkeeper <laughs> backpassing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, two, indirect free kick goal. Love it. Yeah. Three. Uh, it's not going to matter because they have a month and everyone will forget. But uh, they subbed off Lance Roseboom, who was their captain, hmm. right at the half. They. Oh, here's the. It's not great. Yeah. And I, I did have something to say about that. They're playing Bezicourt as like a 8 10. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I saw the lineup. Sorry? Play him as a 10. They, fine. I mean. But Velasquez is on the wing, and I'm really, 
I have a lot of ideas why they did that, but yeah. I'm not sure they were defensive enough in this game. Uh, so in their, what is that, 4-1-4-1 lineup on USL's chalkboard? Yeah. I'm dropping, well... I'm ugh. sure it's a 4-2-3-1 in a lot of ways. Well, like, if you're going to play 4-1-4-1, move Velasquez over. Like, switch Velasquez and Roseboom. Mm-hmm. And then drop Roseboom to the six, essentially, where Heath is, and then find another winger. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, put Bezicourt and Velasquez next to each other, have Roseboom behind them, and then have somebody out in the wing. I, I did think Heath did an okay job. St. Louis really nibbled on the on the wings, yeah. and we kept the... I think they pinned back the, the fullbacks. So... yeah. Um, I'm not sure Miami well, like, wa- got to do what they wanted, so that might be another side, but I agree with you, to be honest. Lawrence Elum and Lloyd Sam are going to get eaten alive by any team that has speed. So I was curious about that. I don't know them very well. I knew Lloyd Sam's name, but I don't know much I about mean, him. I mean, they're just old. Okay. Like, Lawrence Elum is, like, former MLS first team, like, has done really good stuff in the past, but he's, like, 34. Mm. You know? And, like... Not that guys can't like Chad Marshall was in was in the MLS forever. Like there, there's Jeff Lorenowitz is like 38 and still plays really well. <laughs> but it's like I don't you know it's making up for those guys not having pace by putting guys around them, and I don't necessarily see that out of Miami. Mm-hmm. Again, not that it matters. We have a month to figure this out and come back at it. But That's true, whatever. I think before we move on, the last thing. Yeah, yeah. I did say this before. Uh, the stats <coughs> were pretty insane for St. Louis. 20 shots, 13 on goal. Um, they don't care about possession. The passing accuracy was pretty close as far as that. Yep. And um, Man, St. Louis looked incredible against Miami. Um, I don't think they're going to be tested again, un- you know, assuming everything stays the same. In two weeks, they're supposed to play Indy. Uh, next, the sec- you know, ne- This weekend, they were supposed to play Memphis. So... Indy would be a really good test for St. Louis to actually tell whether they're really good or not. They started good last yeah. year, and then we saw what happened. So, you know, basically I'm just saying don't get your hopes up about St. Louis, even though it looks pretty good at this point. Um, Charlotte scored three times in a match they won 2-1 to one in a game where <laughs> who in the world? You guys were blue, and you guys were blue. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, kit clash was certainly something. Like, in person, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. On TV, when you take into account the shadows and the sun, it's not. Oh, my God. Why didn't one of these teams just wear white on their jerseys? Yeah. Speaking of bad goalkeeping, boy, howdy, that first Charlotte goal. Sorry, that first Charlotte goal they scored in their own net. Yeah. In sporting Kansas City's net. That was not great. I think uh, um, it was best summed up by someone on Twitter, I believe. Alex Warren, who's another soccer and sweet tea person, said that the Charlotte goals that was first scored was best summed up if they would play yakety sacks to yeah. that beat of that goal. <laughs> I felt bad. It's the first pro game for Jack Mayer. Um, yep. And he... You know, he's got U-20 minutes. He's got U-23 minutes. Um, went to Indiana and did incredible there. Was the captain in his second year. Um, and then Generation Adidas, second. P- 
pick in the super draft, but yeah. loaned away from Nashville. They didn't like him. And enough. like paired so, with, you know, one of the best right. defenders in USL and Hugh Roberts. Yep. They're a good combo. Like I think they complement each other, but in your first game <coughs> Again, a statement that won't rough. matter for a month. <laughs> but yeah, they'll be fine. Well, I mean, we could put that asterisk on everything we say tonight. I sure, suppose. I just like putting it there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Jack. Mm. I'm rooting for that guy. I really want He'll him to do fine. well. Enzo looked sharp. Enzo looked sharp. He looked like the same old Enzo for sure. Yeah. Has he looked lost like an Enzo Martinez playing for Mike Jeffries' side, and that's uh, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Kelly, what'd you think about Dan Kelly? Yeah, I mean, you know, get stuck in, get that thirtieth minute yellow. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah, I liked, I liked <laughs> that for sure. But I wasn't sure if he and was frustrated. That's not good if that's the case. Well, like, I mean, he did really well to get the goal. He did, and that's the thing is like, is he just that guy that shows up when he needs to and he's good? That's fine too. Like isn't better it? Brandon Allen kind of thing. Exactly. I mean, exactly what like he wants Brandon. To, I guess is a Brandon Allen thing. I thought the thing with Dan Kelly, though, is, like, you counterattack over and over and over. He's going to get his goal by the end of the game. You know what I mean? And that's not exactly yeah, yeah. what Charlotte did. They did a little of that. Well, a lot of that. But I don't know. I, I thought it would be more consistent. I wasn't sure what Charlotte was going for in that first game. Exactly. Well, I mean, it worked for him. So it did. That. It did. Rooting for Charlotte. I want them to be solid this year. I want them to go from this to even better. I want. I believe Charlotte will actually make the playoffs. I think so too. Practicality is their thing. Stick to what you're good at. Get it done. And then uh, your last Eastern Conference game of the week, Charleston Battery won. Atlanta United two nil. Solid win for Charleston. Zyko Lewis, baby. Get the penalty. That's going to be, like, he's one of those guys where I'm like, yeah, Zyko Lewis. Yep. He'll, it'll click. He'll get there. <laughs> um, and I think he will. And I, I, I still, like, that press conference when he got drafted is still one of my favorite things <laughs> in U.S. soccer. Um, but he's, yeah, he's... He'll he'll play well in this system. He's not a typical like Anheuser like six foot three forward Romario Williams style whatever, but like I I think they could play around him. Oh, for sure. I think he'll have they the just freedom. Get balls in lower than they're they're used to. I, he'll have the freedom to do his thing, and that's I think yeah. that's what's important. It reminds me of like I think he didn't thrive here as much honestly, but you know when Guerra was was kind of they're playing as yep. their ten. I he just kind of had freedom to to go where he needed to score goals, and I, I see Lewis doing the same thing. Um, can we mention for a second here that this is uh, a bit, this half of the show is a bit of a revival of Eastern Conference Confidential? Yeah, if anyone knows what that means, go for it. <laughs> About two people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both here. Hi, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan was in it. I know, Ryan's here too. <laughs> I know. Brendan was in it Phil, as well. Phil, Phil listen. I, had, I know. I you get you made it happen. I had to yeah. really think about. I was like, I felt like there was more of us, but it wasn't. Brandon, it was just us three. 
Brennan yeah, from Dominic Rochester. Was there for a hot You're right. But he was only in for like one third of the season I joined, so yeah. that's why I don't yeah, remember yeah. that. That makes sense. Yeah. Brennan God, Doherty, what man, what is he up to? Well, I have I have That you know. is old school USL talking right there. It really is. Doherty's a, a USL show 1.0 boy. Yeah. Honestly. So, I mean... If you would have told me 2015 would have been old school, I don't know what I would have responded to. Uh, Isn't that know. funny? That's funny. That was just five years ago. I just yeah. can't believe that we do twice this every week. That felt good, getting those games out of the way and actually being able to talk about them. That was nice. <laughs> Right? And, and being done in like half an hour? Yeah. I yeah. feel like it's 1 a.m. and it's not. <laughs> no. No, it's only 8 after 11. But that means it's time to get out of here. Uh, so feel free to follow us on the Twitters and things at the USL show. Um, I said it for, uh, for Views from the Bridge. I will say it here again just because it's also true. If you want us to talk about anything, if you want us to, like, anything, as long as it's USL-related, or cheese. <laughs> um, if you want top ten lists, if you want retrospectives, if you want us to try to talk to players or coaches about said retrospectives, uh, if you want us to try to start doing sportscaster things and, and, and watch matches uh, as a group, we will certainly have the time to figure that now out. Now is I the imagine. time. I thought you were going to encourage so, everyone to wash their hands, but yeah, that works as well. I will also encourage you to wash your hands, to uh, cover your <laughs> fucking mouth when you cough, uh, to um, sanitize things. Um, don't panic buy 12 cases of eggs. It's not going to change anything. Um, <laughs> I will also say that uh, blue cheese has penicillin in it. Oh, that's how I you get the like milk. this. So, you know, it's healthy for you, it's not. Um, but, but if you are looking for something to keep in your fridge for a couple months, cheese. Love if it. you get mold, it's probably just on the surface, so you scrape it off and then mm-hmm. you're set. It's a new face. Keep it in your basement if you have to. Yeah, whatever. No one in Carol, no one in Coastal Carolina has a basement. Please don't keep Breeze for a month. They will get moldy more moldy than they already are hmm. great hmm. thank you those have been your cheese tips for today uh if you want to follow me for uh for well for i guess now mostly cheese things uh, i'm also playing a, a football manager 2020 save with whole city that i guess i'll start updating people on so far so good uh at speak kevin speak phil where can people find you for uh for uh quick plumbing <laughs> tips and um i i don't know hmm. you're gonna start posting like 90s covers no, I will not be doing that. You have to come okay. to St. Louis for that. Uh, well, at Phil Grooms, two L's, two L's. Great. Um, Ryan, other than discovering new parts of, of the state that you're in via webcam, uh, where where can people find you and what will you be doing with this, this uh, new unexpected free time that you now have? I will be... You can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan, and I've started an off-stream or off-recording broadcast or uh, save of Football Manager with Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I will probably be starting an on-stream save with either some random USL team to play out the season or with some Scottish side. <coughs> Fair enough. Dope, dope, dope. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week for sure. I don't know in what capacity, but I don't think 
all of us can go more than a week without talking to each other, so we won't. Until then, take care. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>